there's a new hot topic in the business world. It's not uncommon to tune into a leadership podcast and see the topic surrounding burnout. Companies are spending a lot of money to investigate on how to keep their employees from burning out. Recently, the World Health Organization even added burnout to its handbook of medical diagnoses. It defines burnout as this. A syndrome resulting from chronic workplace, I'd say in this context, life. So a syndrome resulting from chronic life stress that has not been successfully managed. And it describes the syndromes of burnout as the following. Feelings of depletion or exhaustion. Feelings of mental distance from or negativity about one's job. Again, I'd add that in this context to say feelings of mental distance from or negativity about one's marriage, about one's life, just current state. Also reduced effectiveness at work, or I'd say reduced fruitfulness in one's life within their marriage with regards to interactions with, with children at work and relationships in general. This plays into the American mentality of finding our our identity in busyness, finding our identity in success. The more busy I am, the more successful I am, it means the more important I am, the more worthy I am, not only with regards to maybe even how I see myself, and I, and I wrap up a lot of my worth in how busy I am, or even how I perceive how others look at me, or even how I can think that God views me and with regards to finding my identity and what I do and to how busy I am. More and more people say that they feel like they're running themselves into the ground, tired, exhausted. And I think more and more we can say this, this can be all ages with the plethora of just options and things to do today. We're talking applies to junior high, high school, college, applies certainly to young couples with with young children running around. And we're not even, I'm not even talking about necessarily taking things out of our lives. And there certainly there are things that we don't say no to that we know we should and can say no to, but we don't. And that's another homily of why we are not able to say no to things. Like, what is it that's in me that, may, that I find it a hard time to say no and then it just makes things more, more busy and more crowded? But even with the things that I can't say no to, talking to a single mom the other day who, who has, has children and she wakes up in the morning, she gets her children ready, for, drives them to either day, daycare and then, and then to school, and then she goes off to work all day, and then she picks the kids up, and then she comes home and cooks a meal, gets the kids ready for bed. Things that she can't say no to. But even in this, do we think that God wants us to live in this perpetual spot of exhaustion and burnout? Does it have to be that way? Jesus shows another way. In the gospel today, I think Jesus gives a formula to avoiding burnout. And it's this. Abide in me. Eight verses we hear in John chapter 15. Eight verses he uses abide, or in this translation, it's the word remain. Remain, 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 abide, abide, abide. Abide in the Greek, it's, it, it shows and it gives off 
meaning to remain stable, to, to rest, to have rootedness somewhere, to have a home. And so Jesus says to his disciples, it says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me. If you don't abide, if you don't rest, if you don't remain in me, you won't bear fruit. He goes on in verse 5 and says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't abide in me, you will be like a branch cut off and you'll wither. If we're not connected to God, the vine, who's the source of life, not only do we not bear fruit in all aspects and areas of our lives, we also burn out. The withering up within our soul, the interior life that affects everything in our lives ends up happening. And most of us are not good with abiding. Most of us are not good at living in this spot of being connected to God, the vine. We don't, we don't live in that spot. Rather, we choose to act and we choose to live in a spot of self-reliance. And again, as Americans, like self-reliance is a virtue. Self-reliance, like it, it's so deeply ingrained in us and how we're raised of thinking like, I need to do this on my own. Like a pull yourself up by your bootstraps mentality, which self-reliance is good in, at, at times. Like it's not, it, it's good at times, but when it's, with regards, it can be negative, especially with regards to the spiritual life and with regards to our relationships because it cuts us off from others, we go off on our own, and it's apart from God. It's not connected to the vine. And I think many of us live in this habitual spot of self-reliance, and we don't even know it. After the mass, the last mass given to homily, Deacon John and the sacristy is like, Father Mark, you were preaching right into me about that self-reliance, and I just turned to him and said, if you had any idea how much I'm preaching to myself on this. Every priest, when they're ordained a priest, they have an ordination card, and they oftentimes pick one verse that's kind of maybe to kind of remember throughout their priesthood, and that one verse that I chose was John 15, 5, abide in me and I in you, apart from me you can do nothing. I'm constantly have this pull towards self-reliance. I was going over this homily with Alex a few days ago and just kind of running through some things and a little bit of struggle, and he just turned to me and goes, sounds like you're being self-reliant right now. I'm like, yeah, I am. The pull in me is so strong to go off on my own, to trust myself, to say, I got this, and I just end up without anything noticing, but the pulling off and God's off to the side, and I'm just doing this on my own. St. Teresa of Avila, speaking with regards to this, she was speaking specifically with regards to like progressing in the spiritual life. She says this, self-reliance is what destroyed me. She talks about getting tired and discouraged as a result of relying on her own strengths and intellect rather, rather than the Lord. It makes all the difference in the world of living in this spot of self-reliance versus abiding. And this plays out in a number of different areas in our lives. One is self-reliance versus abiding with regards to overcoming sin. Maybe it's overcoming a habitual vice that we have. So often we can 
get into the spot of, of, of thinking and behaving that I need to do this. I need to, I, I need to fix myself here before I can go to God, which is the exact thing that the, the exact thing to get freed up is turning towards him, resting in him, abiding in him. It's God, it's Christ, it's, it's with him that he takes away our attraction from sin that maybe we've had for so long that we end up turning to, and I've been trying so long to, to pull myself up. And so here it is, I think Alcoholics Anonymous, a, a secular organization, gets this and stresses us sometimes better than how we think as Christians. In their 12 steps, the first two things they lay out in Alcoholics Anonymous is, one is realize that you're powerless here that you can't do this on your own, and step two, that you have to rely on a a higher being, God. Because if we have to, if we we live in a spot of self-reliance, of thinking we have to do this to even win God's approval, then it leads to frustration. It leads to exhaustion. It's it's wasted energy. And it's it's even worse than that because it, it can very often lead to a cynicism of the spiritual life, a sense of cynicism of even towards myself, towards my relationships, of faith in general, of leading to this hopelessness of things are never going to get better. I'm never going to change. And it's the burnout there. We see it with regards to decisions, with decisions that we have to make in our lives, maybe with our family. Hey, are we to move? Are we to move out of Illinois and go over here? Are we to take a different job? Are we to, with regards to the vocations, is he the right one? Is she the right one? Am I called to religious life, the priesthood? Big decisions we resort oftentimes to, I'm going to figure this out. Rather than abiding in him and resting in him and trusting in him. And it's not just big decisions, it's small decisions, everyday things. I think we so often underestimate the connectedness that we can have with God in a day-to-day, moment-by-moment. And so abiding in Him, even with regards to making small decisions in our lives, we know it's Him rather than off on our own. So how do we abide How do we live in this spot of abiding in him rather than living in this spot of self-reliance? Well, I'm going to say something groundbreaking, something that you've never heard me say from this pulpit before. Silence. Prayer. Abiding and being connected is becoming experts in noticing and relating our thoughts, our feelings, and desires to Christ. And that's even in the midst of the busyness things, things of which I can't say no to. That's the single mom with children throughout the the busy day. The temptation is to go from one busy day of being exhausted to the next busy day being exhausted without taking time to relating that pain, relating the exhaustion, relating the, the, the even maybe anger to him. But relating and then receiving from Christ and living in this spot of abiding, that's resting. Abiding is this connectedness to the heart of God. 
It's this disposition throughout the day of receiving and relying upon him rather than ourselves. And even within the, the, the busyness of sometimes suffocating things that, of everyday life lies a subtle invitation from God to come and spend time with him and to rest and to abide. And continuing to do this, continuing to live in this spot, it bears fruit in our lives. The alternative, rather, is living in this spot of self-reliance, which leads to burnout and running ourselves into the ground.